So they obeyed, yet they suffered. Can I tell you leaders something? When you obey God, expect opposition. Expect it. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Fort Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we continue a message. Hold on. I'm coming. And Pastor, I love the fact that you point out this truth. If uh, you are going to obey God, expect opposition, expect suffering. I think sometimes there's a misconception that people have when they first come to, to know Jesus. Wait a minute, I thought my life was going to get easier after coming to Jesus. Right. In some ways, it got harder. Oh, yeah. Well, Jesus said, in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Yeah. He told us, expect. Expect to suffer. Yeah, expect to suffer. And, you know, I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians sixteen nine. Here's what Paul said. And a great door of opportunity was open for us. And there are many adversaries. Yeah. And conjunction, junction, what's your function? The function of a conjunction is to tie two phrases together and is a conjunction that demonstrates equality. Hmm. So then what he's saying is that the door of opportunity has equal opposition, that the opposition is equal to the opportunity. Yeah. Now you have to make a choice. Will I focus on the opposition or will I focus on the opportunity? Yeah. And even as a pastor now, you know, I say it all the time, you know, God's people, God's people, God's sheep, you know, pastor, pastor. It, it's like sometimes uh, you look at the opposition rather than the opportunity. Yeah. And then we go right back to what we've been talking about broadcast after broadcast. But what anchors you when you get down on your knees and you begin to pray and you begin to realize if you would stand before men, you must kneel before God. When you get into the word and God opens his mouth and speaks to you and confirms the opportunity and you begin to plow through the opposition to get to the opportunity, recognizing that God has designed it. For so many, I mean, it's multifaceted, a plethora of reasons he has for doing this. I can't name them all. But when you get to that opportunity, you're grateful for what God has done. Absolutely. And we're going to continue to uh, look at this truth from Matthew chapter 14. So I hope you'll grab a Bible and join us there as we continue this message called, Hold On, I'm Coming. Here is Pastor Ford. Jesus places us in the storm. Now, I want you to see, because John uh, doesn't give us as much information as the other synoptic gospels. So we'll be flipping back and forth, and uh, it's easy to do if you've got a smartphone. Here's what the Bible tells us. John records that Jesus was not with them. That's his focus. But Mark gives us additional information. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Mark chapter 6, verse 45. And straightway, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. He constrained them. Listen, listen, straightway, immediately. Now, Jesus, why would you send them, make them go? It's a mood of command. In other words, they don't have an option about this. Get in that boat and get on over to the other side. Why would you do that knowing Let me ask you something. What you're going through right now, did he know you were going through that? 
Is there anybody in here who's like I used to be? I used to say, you knew it was happening because you know everything. Then why? But I changed my question when I became a, a maturer believer. Here's what I did, Elder. I changed it to what is this storm designed to do? Is it designed to take something out of me that you don't want in me because there's too much forward and not enough Lord? Is it designed to set things up so that I could be a blessing to somebody else because of what I went through and had victory in? What, what, what's it all about, Alfie? Oh, I'm sorry. What's it all about, Almighty? There's something going on here. God always has a plan. I'm going to talk about it in the morning. I mean, in a minute, in the morning. Lord, I'm, I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired. Now, they've been with him for two years. Look at the miracles they've seen. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen him heal sick people. They've seen him turn water into wine. John wants us to know they've had this as their experience. And he sends them into the storm, even though he knew they were headed for it. Why didn't Jesus send them by land? Well, you know why. Because when they get out of this storm, they're going to know something else about Jesus that they didn't know before that storm. Can I bottom line it? Say bottom line it, Pastor Ford. Everything we go through is about this text. It's not about being blessed. It's not about uh, Benjamins and bling and Bugattis and babes and Benzes. It's not about that. It's not about the money. Now, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I ain't throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I'm telling you what the bottom line is. Everything, I mean everything, is supposed to point us to him where we begin to say, wow, wow. I've been walking with Jesus for 42 years, but he just wowed me again. Wow. He just did something that I've never seen him do before. Wow. He's amazing. He's awesome. That's what it's all about. Now, you can go to sleep for the rest of the sermon because I don't really gave you the gist of what everything is really all about. In other words, now, he's leading us. He's guiding us. My wife and I, uh, when we were living in the parsonage, we had a hoopty. Some of you remember my hoopty. Uh, I came, uh, this used to be the parking lot, and uh, one time I came out of that door uh, from Bible study, and the women were out in the parking lot who had had Bible study. There's about 20 women out there, and uh, I had a blue hoopty then, and I, I had an alarm on it, but I didn't put the alarm on it. I bought it. It had alarm on it, and so I clicked the alarm, and they all started laughing, and I said, I said, why y'all laughing? And they said, fast forward. That car's so raggedy, the alarm probably cost more than the car. I said it did. But since y'all only pay me $23,000 a year, that's all I can afford. I shut them up real quick. <laughs> but we driving in the hoopty. Now you know it's hoopty. You see a hoopty. A hoopty is, you know, you got a, a red car with a blue door. That's a hoopty. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Somebody else have to help you drive it. That's a hoopty. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, and so in our hoopty, only the uh, driver's side window shield washer worked. 
So we're going up exchange, my wife and I, and it's a torrential downpour. It raining, you know, and so we had to slow up. Because like I said, we're in the hoopty. Because, you know, the rain on the outside was getting on the inside. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the wife, the wife looks at me and, and she says, I can't see where we're going. To which I replied, you don't need to. I'm driving. And uh, she got attitude. I ain't going to tell you what she said to me. Amen. <laughs> Not in church. I ain't going to tell you in church. I ain't going to tell you in church. But she said some choice words to me, you know. Don't be getting smart with me, you know. But I said, but, but, but baby, I mean, you know, you get the point? And then I said, write this down for me. She said, you ain't making that no sermon illustration. I said, yes, I am. She said, not unless you pay me. And so I paid for this one. Amen. To share this cost me 200 bucks. And so I said, put it down, because that's the problem. I used to see that, that, that bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot. I used to think, why is he your co-pilot? That means he's in the passenger seat. He should be driving the vehicle, and that's what's going on with you right now. You're going through, but I need you to know that Jesus is in the driver's seat, and the windshield wiper on your side doesn't work because you don't know what's going on. And you're saying, I don't understand this. Why are things like this? Tore up from the floor. Oh, God. And he says, don't worry. I'm driving. I know where I'm taking you. He even though you can't see, I can see. I know where we're going, and I'm the one that's taking you. To, so take a chill pill and ride out this storm because I am with you, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody ought to be giving God praise. That's it. That's it. I'm not able to see my way clear. And Jesus says, you don't have to see your way clear. I am driving the car of your life. Hmm. Let me just say this. Come up close. Let me whisper it. Jesus is going to do some things in your life and mine, and he's not going to ask our permission to do it. It's going to be some things that we don't understand, some things we don't like. He's not going to call us and say, I got a committee meeting. Got some things that uh, I, I want to discuss with you about where I want to take you. <laughs> Go ahead, tell your neighbor, it don't work that way. <laughs> yeah, he places them in a storm. Now, there are three kinds of storm. There's a common storm. Uh, what do you mean by that, Pastor Four? Glad you asked. You asked intelligent questions. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 13. No temptation taking you, but such as common to man. That is, listen, you aren't going through, you know, it's like nobody knows what I'm going through. Somebody does. Somebody has been through what you've been through. Here's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. He sends his rain on the just and the unjust. Common storms. It happens to everybody, baby. Yeah, it happens to everybody. But then there's the caused storms. You say, what is that? The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 13, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Yeah, come on, say it. Enter me, enter me. Come on. That's right. It's what's in me that's drawing me. The desires that I have that make me do what I do. It ain't the devil. It ain't the world. They're only external. They can't do anything we don't allow them. And I don't know about you, but sometimes the devil makes it look good. 
It's amazing how he knows what I like. Look at here. You like that, don't you? Well, I can't lie. Yes, I do. That's what he's going to bring you away. He knows what you like. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford and a message called, Hold On, I'm Coming. And we're going to get back to this in just a moment. You know, I often mention that we're encouraged to hear where you listen and why you listen. We recently heard from John in Florida who says, I just wanted to reach out and thank Pastor Ford for his encouraging messages. I use the podcast on my workouts and in the car to keep me focused on what really matters. Press on, Pastor Ford, as your gift of preaching is something that I appreciate. Well, John, we appreciate hearing from you. And if we've never heard from you before, you can always give us your feedback when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. That's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Again, here's Pastor Ford. See, I always tease you with this. We run up our credit cards and we max them out and we say, oh God, why, why? And God in heaven is saying, that's your name on them receipts, not mine. Talking about Lord, Lord, now I'll get you out of it, but you got yourself in that. That's a car. There are storms. Let me see if I can get some help without asking for amen. There are some storms that happen to us because we've been stuck on stupid. All right. I was getting ready to say everybody ought to have been able to say amen because all of us have done some dumb stuff. And we look back and say, that was dumb. That was stupid. Lord, if you ever give me another chance, I ain't never doing that mess again. Please, Lord, get me out of this. I ain't never going back there. He don't have to worry about me messing with him anymore, me messing with her anymore. Oh, no. I done learned my lesson. And you know who I feel sorry for, Sister Jackie? The individuals who keep doing the same thing and expect different results. You mess with the same kind of woman, same kind of dude, and expect it, oh, it'll work this time. And it ain't on my notes, but let me say it. You don't draw who you want. You draw who you are. But then there's Christian storms. What's a Christian storm? Get this. Jesus said, get in the boat, go to the other side. There's a storm. And what did they do? John says, they kept rowing. Mark says, they kept rowing. Wait a minute. Here's a storm. I don't like it. I don't want to face it. But Jesus said, go to the other side. So I'm not going to stop trying to get to the other side. Now, they have been rowing for 10 hours, and they're only halfway through the Sea of Galilee, which they obeyed, yet they suffered. They obeyed. It would have been easier to go with the flow, to go with the wind. But Jesus told me to go to the other side. He commanded me. So I'm going to keep rowing. I'm going to keep rowing. I'm going to keep rowing. And that's what I came to tell you. God wants you to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. Don't you give up. Don't you give out. Don't you give over. Don't you give in. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. Don't give up on that relationship. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. Don't give up on that child that's wayward. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. Don't give up on searching for that job. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. Come on, help me preach this. You keep rowing. Don't stop rowing. You keep rowing. You keep rowing. The storm becomes a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. 
I think the Harvard Hooper said it best. I wish I could preach like this. He said, and I quote him all the time, you got to understand what you bring out of the storm that you wouldn't have had unless you went through the storm. It wasn't until John Bunyan was in Bedford Prison that his mind broke free to write upon the pages of history of Pilgrim's Progress. It wasn't until J.S. Bach was stone blind that he could see how to write uh, the B minor mass. It wasn't until Rembrandt was flat broke that he made the world rich with his art. It wasn't until Beethoven was deaf that he was able to hear the Ninth Symphony and write it down. It wasn't until George Frederick Handel was paralyzed on the right side that he was able to reach up into the heavens with his left side and pull down a hallelujah chorus. It wasn't until the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. went to jail in 1963 that he became eligible for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. It wasn't until Fanny Cosby was blind that she could see to write, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Savior, more than life to me. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Isaiah said it this way, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire. Notice he said, when, not if. He said, he said, not around it, not skip over it, not under it, but through it, that you are going through the storm. But here's the promise. You will get wet, but you won't drown. He said, you're going to go through the fire and it's not going to touch you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, as I like to call them by their original Jewish names, they were in the fiery furnace. They said, look, we're going to do the will of God. We ain't bowing. Burn, baby, burn. We'd rather be cast in a pit of fire than to reject God and be cast in the lake of fire. And what happened? You know it. We talk about it all the time. Only thing was burned was what the world tried to bind them with. You going through the fire and you wondering what in the world is going on. He burning off the ropes that the world binds you. And it says their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. So they obeyed, yet they suffered. Can I tell you leaders something? When you obey God, expect opposition. Expect it. If everybody likes you, you aren't anyone. If everybody likes what you say, you aren't saying anything. If everybody likes what you do, you aren't doing anything. You're going to find somebody is not going to like you because you love Jesus. That's what it is. It ain't always, uh, you know, Eric, no, he loved Jesus. I love Jesus. And sometimes you're taking hits because of your relationship with Jesus. Now, he sent them into the storm. Notice two things here. They were informed and they were included. Did Jesus say in Mark 6, Go in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and drown. He said, go to the other side. That's a command. Now listen, anytime God gives us a responsibility, he always gives us resources. Now here's the catch. Will you believe 
I'll give you the resources even though you don't get it the moment you need it. Will you keep rowing until your help comes? Man, these guys were informed, but then they were included. Go to the other side. He didn't say, Pete, go to the other side. No, all of you, it's third person plural. Everybody's going to make it to the other side. Get on over there. Look what John says. Look what John says. Let me show you something in John. Look at John 6.16. Look at what John says. Jesus was not come to them. So he didn't get in the boat with them like he did the first time. He did not come. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you do not sense the presence of Jesus while you're in the midst of your storm? (laughs) Here's what you do. You remember what he did when you did sense his presence. Okay, okay, turn to Mark, turn to Mark, turn to Mark. I have to do this synoptically because Mark gives us some information. Uh, Mark 6, now watch this. Look at verse 52. Now, this is the walking on the water. Jesus, uh, 51, deals with it. Here's 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Wait a minute. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Here's what John is saying and Mark is saying. What they should have done is said, Just a couple days ago, he took a little boy's Lunchable and turned it into Taste of Chicago. If he could do that, he could do the storm. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called, Hold On, I'm Coming. And I hope that uh, you've been encouraged to be reminded of the God that we serve as we've been listening to this message from Matthew chapter 14. If you ever miss a program, you can always listen online. Just come to our website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org. You can stream a broadcast, download an MP3, or you can uh, sign up to begin podcasting the program. That way you won't miss a future broadcast. You'll find all that at treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, Pastor Ford is uh, hanging out with me in the studio for a little bit here. And Pastor, you know, this radio ministry is listener supported and we need both the single gifts and the ongoing monthly gifts, don't we? Yeah, we certainly do. Well, you know what, Steve? I've heard so many listeners and gotten emails. Amy sent me quite a few emails of people who said, when I needed Moody to hear a word, it was there. Okay, so now we need you to be there. Yeah. And we need monthly supporters so that whenever you need to hear us, we'll be able to respond uh, without monthly supporters. That can't happen because all of us have one time expenses and monthly expenses. Sure. Uh, but Moody Radio needs those partners who will come on board, not just for the one time, but for the ongoing expenses of radio. Well, you can help meet those needs as you give a gift to Treasure Truth and to Moody Radio. The easiest way to do that, come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the link that says make a donation. And you can become a regular giving partner, a monthly giving partner right there. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for praying and for listening today. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Global Ministries.